0: bringing you the truth behind the news. Welcome to The New American.
1: Welcome, everyone. I'm Paul Dragoon. We're glad you can join us. Here at The New American, we take the most important news stories, we lose the propaganda, and we bring you the truth. And that makes us one of the most censored and attacked publications in America. So if you enjoy the show, please share these episodes with others. Now, The Supreme Court just dealt Texas a huge blow in the border security battle. Also, it should come as no surprise that the January 6th committee erased more than 100 files before Republicans took over the House. And later on, the CEO of the John Birch Society is joining us to discuss an article that the AP just published on the JBS. Despite its MSM filter, the article acknowledges that we're the original red-pilling organization in America. We have all that coming up, but first, On Friday, a security expert hacked into a voting machine while testifying in a Georgia court. The Gateway Pundit reported this incredible story the next day. The man who hacked into the machine was providing testimony as part of a long-running lawsuit filed by election integrity activists working to get rid of voting machines in Georgia and move to secure paper ballots. After this story broke, Gateway Pundit's Jim Hoft spoke with a Georgia reporter named Amber Conner and who had been sitting in the courtroom during the trial for the past two weeks. We're going to play a few minutes of that call because she explains who the expert, J. Alex Halderman, is, how he tapped into the voting machine, and what that means. Listen.
2: Alex Halderman, he um, was the one who wrote the Halderman report that uh, showed um, individuals how vulnerable um, the ballot marking devices, that's the, the machines that Dominion has its software on and show different ways where you can um, access through vulnerabilities within the ballot marking device. And a background of him is he works in Michigan. He has three degrees in computer science from Princeton University, does security analysis of precinct programs in the U.S. and in other countries. He's been Australia, India, Estonia to do these things. Um, He's been part of a team in California with the Secretary of State to help with forensics and in Antrim County and in Louisiana. Um, Wow. And and, uh, when he analyzed the bnds in georgia he, he was given the election equipment by court order um now he did have it for 12 weeks and that's what the state's defense argues is that if somebody had access to a BMD that long with his knowledge of um a cybersecurity, then they you know they would be able to do the same thing i think his his angle is more like well yeah but there's vulnerabilities. You're saying that there's not vulnerabilities. I'm saying that there are. And so what he did is they brought the ballot marking device and the printer up to the front. And uh, it took them a while to angle in the courtroom because, you know, he had his back to the judge. They did a microphone dance. It was, you know, that took a bit of the time. But then what he did is he um, he began to show the first vulnerability and he borrowed the, the, the state's defense counsel. So the secretary, those representing the George secretary state, he asked, um, the main counsel to borrow his pen that he was riding with. And then he goes over to the power button, leans down, he puts, um, he holds down the, um, the power button for five to 10, between five to 10 seconds, probably seven seconds. And it automatically puts the machine in safe mode. And this reboot happens. And, um, he then shows the judge the display and it shows a picture of the on off button as he's pushing it for five to 10 seconds to instigate the reboot. But before, um, you reboot the whole thing, it, it will like, there'll, there'll be something that comes up to ask if he wants to go into safe mode. And then he pushes yes. So it doesn't shut it down or reboot. He just goes into safe mode and, um, And that allows him to open up files and change the content of files. That's
3: that's huge. Yes. So so um, so would you say then what he demonstrated was that any layperson off the street could do something similar? Is that was that what he was just showing? No.
2: Any layperson, but I would say that. Anybody who understood coding and had grown up with a computer and knew like about computer viruses, knows how to insert malware, knows how to use USB transfer data, change files, and um, reconfigure settings, and if they had the knowledge of what they were supposed to do, then they would know how to go into safe mode. And, and when, when you go into safe mode, you can then become a super user. And the super user is the, is the vulnerable command that allows you to bypass normal security controls.
1: So join me to discuss today's stories Our Editor-in-Chief of the New American Magazine, Gary Benoit, and the John Birch Society Research Manager, Christian Gomez. So guys, there's a there's more to this story. There's Apparently this had been known. The Haldeman Report had been unsealed last year in June, and there were efforts by Raffensberger, which is the Secretary of State, as well as the judge who's involved in this, to kind of bury it. And this has just come out. Isn't this astounding, Gary, or are you not surprised anymore?
4: Well, I, I'm not surprised because... Uh uh, I knew actually the day after the election of 2020 that very likely it was stolen, uh, just by looking what happened overnight uh, in these uh, uh, these key states, where all of a sudden there was this huge shift in terms of the uh, election results. You'd have a, let's say another 100,000 votes coming in, yeah. And uh, you know if you look at the two candidates as being roughly equal. Uh, you know one gets a thousand or a couple of thousand votes and the other gets uh, almost a hundred thousand votes out of those 100,000 uh, that should be a clue that uh, something's wrong but but of course much more evidence has come out since then uh, I'm also not surprised Paul that uh, we're virtually alone in uh, reporting this uh, Of course uh, we've got to give a lot of credit to the gateway, uh, yeah. pundit for coming out of this story. But where's the New York Times? Where's the Wall Street Journal? Oh, they're not uh, interested in uh, this. They're right? not interested <laughs> it because doesn't it doesn't the narrative, fit the script. Gary. Right. <laughs> Go on, Christian. <laughs>
5: no, it, uh, I agree with Gary. It, it doesn't fit the, the narrative of the Times and the Washington Post and so forth, the L.A. Slimes, to yeah. report on this. So why bring attention to this? Because if you bring attention to this, you're going to put doubt in people's minds about how safe and secure are our elections. Remember, our elections are only safe and secure as long as Joe Biden and the democrats win the presidency right then if they don't then it's some sort of russian hacking or whatever they come up with
1: i mean when you hear this what what i started thinking about is it's like okay so they're saying anyone who knows coding who has some some ideas about hacking and my my impression is there's lots of people out there they're weirdo you know they say they're weirdos in their basements or whatever it has nothing to do with anything but it's like people have these abilities yes so the question is perhaps becomes, not necessarily, did the Chinese hack it, did the Russians, because before that the Democrats claimed that the, Chi- the Russians had, uh, you know, when Donald Trump won, it was the Russians. When Donald Trump lost, it was the Chinese, and Mike Lindell that had a, he, he had a large part of that, he was saying that, but I wonder if what it is, is it comes down to anyone with these skills can hack it. So what if every, you know, there's a bunch of actors, bad actors, who are all just kind of tapping into these systems and hacking them and changing them, for their own purposes. I mean, that seems completely plausible
4: at this point. Sure. You mentioned specifically Russia and China, but how about the CIA? How about the deep state?
5: Absolutely. You don't need to go overseas to find uh, the villains of liberty.
1: Well, we had done an interview with, I forget, is it, is it General McInerney or the, who had talked about that program, scorecard, hammer and scorecard. And that right. kind of seems to have faded away, but it's like, like you said, it's like, Man, the CIA is suspect for no other reason because they're suspect in everything else. We know there's a deep state. We know that the, we know that the intelligence agents, the 51 intelligence agents, lied about the Hunter laptop. Uh, so why wouldn't they? And that, that's a great question. There's I mean, no reason
5: to believe that these CIA programs have even uh, expired. They likely continue on to this day, probably under different names. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it's going to be hard to, to prove anything like that, obviously, because there's we don't have that information. But we see that they're already suppressing information that right. we should know. You, why, why not just put it out there? It builds trust. It lets people know. And it helps us get on a road to reform. And, of course, it should not be necessary
4: to be able to prove uh, beyond any reasonable doubt that X number of votes were, were stolen. Uh, I think what is necessary and what has been done, uh, I think, many fold uh, beyond a reasonable doubt, is to show that these machines are, are vulnerable. vulnerable. Yes. That uh, our elections are vulnerable and that they can be stolen. And, duh, that being the case, should yeah. we secure uh, the ballot box?
5: Even if, yeah, No, I, I agree, Gary. Even mm-hmm. if we can't prove that that election was stolen there in Georgia. But it, as long as we can prove that the machines are hackable, that in itself is an argument for going away from these machines and computerized voting technology and going to paper ballots that can be hand counted and verified.
1: Absolutely, there's, there's no drawback to that. Thanks, gentlemen. Next up, the Supreme Court deals Texas a huge blow in its attempt to secure the border. In
0: 1988, the John Birch Society produced a documentary so predictive, it's as though they had a time machine. Out of Control, Immigration Invasion was produced and hosted by investigative reporter William F. Jasper and looks at the growing problem of unrestricted illegal immigration that, in 1988, already saw upwards of 10 to 20 million illegal aliens within the borders of the U.S. Unknown agents from around the world using the southern border as easy entry. Certainly some are innocent families escaping hardship, but also certainly some are criminals, potentially terrorists? Is it not appropriate that there be some criteria for the entry of any sovereign nation? Why should the U.S. be different than Canada, Germany, Russia, Japan, or every other country on the planet? Out of Control. Immigration Invasion. Watch this time capsule of prescient wisdom at thenewamerican.com slash outofcontrol.
1: For more news and in-depth analysis from The New American Magazine, the kind that you will not get anywhere else, make sure you have a subscription to our twice monthly print edition of The Magazine. No other magazine has been as accurate and for as long about where policy and culture were heading than The New American. You can subscribe online at thenewamerican.com. Just hit the magazine tab on top and then on the drop down, hit the subscribe button. Or if you prefer, you can call for a subscription. Call one 800 727 8783, Monday through Friday from 8 to 5 Central Time. That's 800 727 8783. Welcome back, folks. So it looks like the free for all on the southern border is likely to continue. On Monday, the Supreme Court ruled that the federal government can take down the razor wire that Texas put on the U.S. Mexico border to keep migrants from coming in. The government argued that the wire illegally prevented them from managing the border. The 5-4 decision overrides an appeals court ruling last month that allowed the wire to stay. Here are the five justices who ruled in favor of a Biden administration that's intentionally facilitating the largest migrant invasion in U.S. history. They are Chief Justice John Roberts and Justices Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan, Amy Coney Barrett, and Ketanji Brown-Jackson. Now, Texas said the concertina wire was installed to deter migrants from making the dangerous journey across the Rio Grande. But Border Patrol said that Texas's efforts were interfering with the federal government's ability to enforce laws like arresting migrants who enter the country. This is a ridiculous thing to say because 95 percent of migrants are allowed to go wherever they want once they're illegally in. So what the government doesn't say and what the propaganda media also doesn't report is the amount of carnage that's resulting from these insane border policies. Less than two weeks ago, the impeachment hearing of, of DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas began. Mayorkas is the guy in charge of the border. He's also the guy who lies through his teeth during congressional testimony. He has said with a straight face that the border is secure multiple times. Here are Montana Attorney General Austin Knutson and Oklahoma Attorney General Gettner Drummond describing what the Biden administration's open border policies are doing in their states.
3: The most devastating impact of the open border on Montana has been the massive quantities of Mexican cartel fentanyl and methamphetamine. In 2020, drug task forces in Montana seized 6,663 dosage units of fentanyl. In 2021, the first year of Secretary Mayorkas's watch at the border, that quantity exploded tenfold to 61,000 dosage units of fentanyl. In 2022, Montana tripled that, seizing nearly 190,000 dosage units of cartel fentanyl. The numbers aren't finalized yet for 2023, but I can tell you that as of the third quarter of 2023, Montana is on track to have seized nearly a half million dosage units of fentanyl and another 200 pounds of meth. And the cartels trafficked 100% of that fentanyl and meth across the southern border.
6: In the early evening of November 20, 2022, law enforcement responded to a quadruple homicide after a Chinese national allegedly entered a garage on a 10-acre marijuana farm in rural Oklahoma. According to investigators, the assailant killed three men, execution style, with gunshots to the back of their head and one woman with two shots to her abdomen. The carnage of that day is but one tragic example of a failed system played plagued by failing leadership. Throughout Oklahoma, law enforcement comes into contact daily with foreign nationals who have entered our country illegally or who remain here illegally or both. This is all too common in Oklahoma's illegal marijuana grow operations. The voters of Oklahoma legalized medical marijuana in 2018. While that legalization led to the legitimate cannabis business-related businesses throughout our state organized criminals have overtaken the industry. Our law enforcement partners report that the foreign nationals most often involved in these illegal enterprises come from China and Mexico. Criminal illegal immigrants are not content with growing only black market marijuana. They also produce and distribute fentanyl and they engage in sex trafficking and labor trafficking.
1: Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton said after the Supreme Court's ruling, quote, the destruction of Texas's border barriers will not help enforce the law or keep American citizens safe. This fight is not over, and I look forward to defending our state's sovereignty. End of quote. All right, gentlemen. So, this is this is pretty tough because you, you got to wonder what is Ken Paxton. Where do you go from here? I mean, if the Supreme step in and they say you cannot enforce these uh, security measures that you had to because the federal government was. Where does he go from here? How, I mean, is there going to be a stare-down, an old Texas showdown between uh, the Feds and, and, and the National Guard of Texas? I think that'd be wonderful if there were, but where he should go, first
4: of all, is the U.S. Constitution. Mm-hmm. Because Article the powers, six. right, the powers in the Constitution are few and defined. What? And uh, go ahead, Christian. Article oh. 6. Go ahead,
5: Article Yes, yes, our, our, Article 6. Uh, there's this mindset that if, if the Supreme Court rules on something or the, pre- or the president does something, oh, that's final because the, the supremacy clause, but the so-called supremacy clause states that only those laws which are made uh, in pursuance of the Constitution are the law of the land, not just any law, not just any edict from the courts. So the Supreme Court may have ruled. It may have made its ruling, but it can pound sand because ultimately— um, the states, it's up to the states like Texas and Oklahoma and other states, they can nullify these decisions if they're not in pursuance of the Constitution. Because where in the Constitution um, does the federal government have authority over the states to regulate the borders of the states, including the national borders? Uh, that is a function of the state governments. So the state of Texas, the state of Oklahoma, all of those border states have it within their sovereignty, within their sovereign right, to protect their residents, their state, and the rest of the country, by virtue of being border states, from what is an invasion happening on our national Whose
1: responsibility are those borders? Is it the federal government or is it the state?
5: I would say ultimately the state, but the federal government does bear a responsibility because constitutionally under Article 4, they are to protect us from invasion as well. But the states as well should be doing their role. So kudos to Governor Abbott for... Uh, doing what he's done down down there in Texas, but the federal government should not be yeah. interfering against him.
1: I bet uh, I bet fellow Texans would be saying, uh, "What took him so long?" <laughs> yeah, it's been...
4: better well, late I, than I don't never. think they've gone all the way yet because, mm-hmm. uh, again, as Christian points out, ultimately this is a state responsibility, and I agree with Christian. And under Article Four, Section Four, that the United States government guarantees to every state of the Union a republican form of government, uh, and also to protect every state from invasion, but. Uh, is not this, this massive flow of uh, illegal immigrants, uh, is that not uh, uh, an invasion? And it's certainly y- being used by enemies of America to uh, uh, undermine the United States. Yeah. Uh, I- but but at the same time, uh, it's up to the, uh, the states ultimately to protect the borders. And so uh, what the state of Texas should do is tell the U.S. government to go pound sand or specifically the Supreme
1: Court. You second uh, Christian sentiment there. You know, uh, there's reports that Obama once said, don't, you know, underestimate Joe Biden's ability to screw things up. <laughs> <laughs> you look at what's happening, you know, with the border, you look at the, all the wars that are erupting and, and there's obviously some responsibility that he bears because when the United States is strong and whatnot, you know, the, the, as we saw with Trump, there were no wars or whatever. It's still... Amazing to me. And looking back, we'll be looking back at this, uh, I think, with, with just utter fascination at what, how much carnage one man's just installing in a position has managed to cause. I mean, I mentioned is there. Uh, you and I have probably watched uh, some of these hearings. Mayorkas looks straight at these congressional uh, inquir- inquirers and and he says, what a straight face that the border is secure. This is after they've just presented for, like that, that, that piece of tape we've rolled with just people, just hordes of people coming across and whatnot. And he sits there and he looks at him and he says, the border is secure as, or as secure. We live in a, just an insane world, a topsy-turvy world. And, you know, it, it's going to be up to these sane people to, gra- to get control back of this. Because otherwise these forces, these malevolent forces are just going to continue destroying this nation. Well, on one level, it is insane. But on another
4: on, on another level, it's brilliant strategy mm-hmm. because we do have a power elite, we do have a deep state, we do have a conspiracy uh, that is working to destroy the United States of America, and one of the ways they're doing it is through massive uh, legal and illegal uh, immigration.
1: Yes, yeah, I mean that, that's and we've mentioned this before, and so we, and we don't even have that much time to. But there's a lot behind this. You're going to dilute the 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 American uh, the American dream that's essentially what this comes down to after this the January 6th committee erased more than 100 files before Republicans took over the house
0: hey America how tired are you of mainstream corporate media's biased narratives and manipulated news their dishonesty and attempts to influence this generation have been exposed put on display for anyone who's even half paying attention. But the New American magazine has been an honest source of news and commentary for over 50 years. This is your opportunity to receive the stalwart of principled journalism at a deep discount. Picture a beautifully published magazine arriving at your doorstep twice a month, packed with insightful stories written with integrity. It's also available digitally on the New American's mobile app. Get up to speed with intelligent coverage from a freedom perspective. Right now, for a limited time, The New American is available to radio listeners at a 25% discount on a new subscription. Visit thenewamerican.com radio25 and receive 25% off. Subscribe today at thenewamerican.com slash radio25.
1: The New American has just released our latest bookazine, a collection of articles on self-reliance. It's called Self-Reliance, Foundation of Freedom. Without individual responsibility and without the ability to take care of ourselves without government help, we cannot be free. In this Polish Collector's Edition, we have articles on a number of important topics, including the self-sufficiency of the founders, preparing for a worst-case scenario, firearm self-reliance, building a wood shack, and the importance of community, among many other topics. Now, the authors of the articles are experts in their fields. We encourage you to get a copy You can order your copy at thenewamerican.com forward slash shop, or you can call our office at 800-727-8783. However you do it, make sure you get your copy of Self-Reliance, The Foundation of Freedom. The former J6 committee deleted 117 encrypted files related to its investigation. According to reporting from Fox News Digital, this happened just before Republicans took over the majority in the House last year. Georgia Republican Barry Loudermilk now chairs the House Administration Committee's Oversight Subcommittee, and his panel is doing its own J6 research. Part of their investigation includes looking into the former J6 committee. Fox News unnamed sources said that the former select committee, chaired by Mississippi Democrat Benny Thompson, was supposed to turn over all documents related to its so-called investigation. Thompson allegedly told Loudermilk to expect four terabytes of data, but fewer than three were handed over. So Milk hired a digital forensics team. That crew determined that 117 files were deleted from hard disk on January 1st, 2023. Since the files were not overwritten on the disk, the forensics team was able to recover them. And Fox says that Milk is now demanding answers and passwords to access the data. Fox News quoted a letter that Milk sent to Thompson about the issue. He addressed the missing files and he said, quote, the select committee didn't archive all committee records as required by House rules. Loudermilk told Thompson that he sent specific transcribed interviews and depositions to the White House and Department of Homeland Security, but he didn't archive them with the clerk of the House. Apparently, most of the recovered files are also password protected, preventing the current group from looking at them. Loudermilk sent other letters to the general counsels of the White House and the Department of Homeland Security, he wants them to hand over unedited and unredacted transcripts of testimony they delivered to the former select committee. These are also missing from Thompson's terabytes. Latimer gave them a deadline of tw- January 24th, which is Wednesday of this week. He also told Fox what is clearly behind all of this. Quote, it's obvious that Pelosi's select committee went to great lengths to prevent Americans from seeing certain documents produced in their investigation. It also appears that Benny Thompson and Liz Cheney intended to obstruct our subcommittee by failing to preserve critical information and videos as required by House rules. The American people deserve to know the full truth. And Speaker Johnson has empowered me to use all tools necessary to recover these documents to get the truth. And I will end of quote. Well, good for him. You know, this is I suppose this is good news, uh, depending on how you look at it. We know that, um, especially, I think it was a week or two week, and we have the upcoming issue with uh, Congressman Clay Higgins of Louisiana, who's done a lot of research. And he pretty much brought the receipts on all our fears and all our suspicions, that being that this was a conspiracy. J6 was a conspiracy that was coordinated by the highest elements, as he said, within the FBI and within the Democratic Party. And now they're obviously trying to hide part of that.
4: Well, they've been trying to hide it from the beginning, Paul, uh, as we all Good know. Good point. It's not right. Now. They've always yeah, been trying like to hide Because I like to go back to the, when that committee was started. Uh, typically what happens is uh, the Republicans uh, uh, select who they want to have on a particular committee, and then the Democrats select who they want to have on a particular committee. And uh, it, it's worth recalling that on the list that the Republicans wanted on that committee included Congressman Jim Banks— from Indiana and Congressman Jim Jordan from Ohio.
1: Yeah, they didn't want and, uh, on that. And could you imagine
4: a particular Jim Jordan being on that committee? Well, they didn't want that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, if not unprecedented, that this was highly unusual. But the uh, Speaker of the House at the time, Pelosi, uh, did not allow those Republican congressmen to serve on the committee. Which so is unprecedented. Whole, right. Uh, unprecedented. So the whole yeah. thing was designed from the beginning to be a kangaroo court.
5: Yes. It's usually supposed to be fair game where both parties are allowed to pick who they want on the committees, and they don't typically obstruct the mm-hmm. other party in in selecting who they want. Uh, Pelosi uh, shot back at then at then Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy to, to provide more uh, credible names or serious names, as she referred to it at the time, and uh, with with, with uh, McCarthy refusing, which good on his part, right? Refusing to. Uh, give Pelosi uh, some some moderate wishy washy Republicans. She handpicked Liz Cheney uh, to serve on that committee. That yeah. was her decision.
1: Liz Cheney is not on the side of of MAGA. She's she's hardly a Republican. Although some would say she is exactly a Republican because she's she's a rhino. That's mm-hmm. kind of what Republicans have been.
5: Yeah. And the fact that she has gone along with this, I mean, she could have gone in there thinking, oh, there was Trump did the wrong thing. But after seeing all the evidence, she's complicit in the cover up of the same data. So she's no different than uh, Benny Thompson or Pelosi. This
1: is this is all it's kind of like the other story with with the the election, the election uh, uh, cover ups and things like that. It's like, man. You know, I think everyone would, you would think that all honest people, whether on the left and the right and the center, would say, just present us the information. Give us the information. Give us what you have and let us, let us you know, let us see that and let's investigate it all. But clearly they don't. This is clearly usurpation of, of the public trust, of the public resources. And these people clearly think they're above, uh, above the people, above even the law. I don't know. Does this violate any sort of laws? Do you guys know? as far as them, if they're hiding, if they're intentionally hiding this stuff. Well,
5: wow. we know it violates the House rules.
1: Oh, yeah, because they mentioned that. Yeah, and, and by, I also, this is, seems to be one of the best things that has come out of Speaker Mike Johnson's short reign. He's obviously been a complete disappointment when it comes to the budget. Uh, he hasn't done much to secure border, secu- uh, border, uh, border security there. But this, this J6 thing, he seems to have shined in that.
4: Right. And, and that's good. And uh, and I think, too, that the story illustrates the power of truth. Uh, the bad news, obviously, uh, is the fact that you do have elites, you, you do have people mm. at the top who are suppressing the truth. But the good news is the fact that they have to suppress the yeah. truth in order to accomplish
1: their agenda, because they know what will happen if the truth gets out. Yes, yeah, so it reminds me, and I brought this up before. I don't know exactly how we said it, but JBS founder, Robert Welch, used to say in roundabout way, we don't necessarily need as much money as the, uh, the conspirators or whatever because the truth travels faster and further than, than the propagandists can make their lies do so. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is a perfect example, uh, this and the last story, of why they want to hide what's truly happening.
5: Yes, what you, what you can accomplish for free with the truth takes millions of dollars to achieve with lies. Yes, right.
1: and that's what they've spent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Millions, billions.
4: Now, earlier, Paul, you mentioned Congressman Higgins, and I wonder if you'd like to elaborate about that a little bit more, because you just wrote uh, an article for the latest issue of the New American Magazine uh, about Congressman Clay Higgins and the work that he's doing to come out with the truth, and it's really exciting uh, what he's doing. And, yeah. and, of course, he has a police background, too, doesn't
1: he? He is, and he still does. He still have, he still has He's part of law enforcement, so I forget the, the, the terms, but... Uh, Higgins, on the three-year mark of January 6th, he did an interview with Tucker Carlson where, again, he revealed that um, based on their investigations, years-long investigations, coupled with that of the Oversight Committee, was they essentially found that, like he said, that forces elements within the FBI, highest, highest elements within the FBI levels and the Democratic Party had conspired to, 10 months before, apparently, J6 ever happened, to, uh, to entrap apparently Trumpers, uh, there's that. He says that they had infiltrated uh, their online chats and whatnot, and they then, then of course, there was at least 200. He said at least 200, this is two, but there's zeros behind this. Right? At <laughs> least 200 FBI agents apparently were on the ground on J-4, 5th, and 6th, and he also alleges that they were waiting inside the Capitol once that mayhem broke through there to guide them through the halls because he, as he was saying, it's like, look, this place is elaborate. How in the w- world else are they going to get to Pelosi's uh, office or or the Senate or the House chambers? And he's saying they it was completely coordinated by them. That's huge. That's that's treasonous. I, it sounds that's like,
5: bigger than Watergate.
1: You think? Yeah, absolutely, oh, absolutely. bigger. Mm-hmm. Than, this makes
5: Watergate look like uh, yeah. nothing, honestly.
1: Yeah. So that's what it is. Look for our article in the uh, next issue. After this, Bill Hahn joins me to discuss a recent article giving JBS some deserved credit.
0: Self-reliance. It's not a phrase we hear much in our culture these days. It might conjure up images of pioneers, the West, rifles, strapping men, and strong women. But what does it mean for us in today's world? The new American magazine has just released its latest collector's edition, Self-reliance, Foundation of Freedom. In it, the New American authors outline the necessity of self-reliance for a free people, tips for self-reliant living, and the importance of not giving up hope. This unique edition includes articles on the self-sufficiency of the founders, preparing for a worst case scenario, firearms, financial self-reliance, the importance of community, and many other topics by expert writers. Now for a limited time, the New American is offering a bundle of three collector's editions, self-reliance, The Great Reset, and Trump World for just $19.95. A great stocking stuffer available at shopjbs.org. Visit shopjbs.org today.
1: Sometime in October of 2022, a reporter from the AP reached out to our parent company, the John Birch Society. He asked to visit headquarters here in Appleton, Wisconsin. He wanted to write an article on us. At the time, I was the communications director for the JBS, so I was working with the media. Before agreeing to allow the AP access to our staff and premises, I wanted to learn more. For nearly all of JBS history, the media has been vehemently antagonistic to us, and we've turned down quite a number of visit requests. The reporter had been publishing a series on conspiracy theorists in rural America. He'd been traveling around the Midwest, interviewing people about their concerns with Biden's America. The reporter told me that during his many conversations with people in rural America, One organization continuously popped up, the John Birch Society. People were supporting their narratives, their concerns with information from the JBS. So the reporter wanted to go straight to the source, and that was us. Well, more than a year later, the AP finally published its story. The name of the article is, In Small Town, Wisconsin, Looking for the Roots of the Modern American Conspiracy Theory. And while the entire thing is written through the propaganda lens of mainstream media, It does manage to get one thing right, maybe more. The John Birch Society are the original red pillars of America. So I'm going to bring in the CEO of the John Birch Society, Bill Hahn. Hi, Bill
7: Hahn. Hello, fellow red
1: pillar. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, this was an interesting story because, like we said, it came out so late. That doesn't seem typical. Um, What else did you gather from this? Because uh, I think anyone obviously can access, they can read the article, uh, like I had mentioned, the filter is is incorrect because it assumes that all these things that apparently we believe and and the people who follow us believe are are conspiracy theories and whatnot uh, that's clearly not the truth uh, that we have so much documentation showing why we believe what we believe and then of course there's reality. You look at reality <laughs> and I think it lines up a whole lot better with what we say is happening than the mainstream media.
7: Well absolutely and and you know this is this is nothing new. I mean, so, so prior to, to you coming on staff, I was the public relations manager for a number of years and, uh, it was, it, it was always interesting to me because when, when I first started, I look at this from a, from a standpoint of, 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 being a gentleman. All right. So you, you, you understand that the person that's coming in, uh, wants to receive more information, wants to, you know, once you to get your input and you know, for, for an article that they're writing, Hey, great. Well, let's, let's, let's do that. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> How naive of me (laughs) because, um, there have been so many times where, you know, you sit across the table from somebody, you, you answer their, their questions, honestly, Mm -hmm. you, you show them all the information, not all, but, but you know, some of the pertinent information, key information. Yeah.
1: It'd be a fire hose otherwise.
7: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we're known for that, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, But nonetheless, um, and then when it, when it finally comes out and you're, you're, you know, you're feeling pretty good and it finally comes out and it's like, oh yeah, that's okay.
1: Yeah. Thanks anyway. Now I'm reminded why we say no a lot of the times. <laughs> yes, huh?
7: yes. But I, but I will say um, that when we had those interviews uh, with the, with, with this gentleman and the, and the photojournalist, um the, and the, and the photos, by the way, I mean, they, they look fantastic. Yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, the gentleman's a, a you know, a prize winning, uh, you know, photographer for, for a reason, but, um, when we had those, those, those conversations with with those gentlemen, I mean, they seemed like they were genuinely interested, yeah, right? So I, I mean, there's, there's, there's no hard feelings toward, towards these guys, you know, whatsoever. But, um, though, how it was, how it was, uh, you know, put together, it just kind of follows a, 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 you know, a narrative of which we talked to them about, uh, you know, from, from that standpoint. But, but I, but I do agree, uh, you know, at least, um, you know, with, with part of it where it's giving the John Burt Society. You know, finally, the credit that it is due, you know, yeah. to, to a certain degree. And um, the, this comes, you know, from, you know, decades and decades and decades of hard work that members have done, you know, throughout the years. And it is, as I, as I quipped in my, in my original email, uh, once you sent out the notice that, hey, this, this the article is finally dropped, um, you know, it's, it's very hard, uh, for somebody on the outside, and, and this is any, you know, for, for anyone covering any organization, um, it's hard for them to, to look at uh, an organization from the outside and report on it, uh, in its, in its entirety and right. of its scope, right? You're, you're an outsider coming in and, and looking around, you already have an idea really, uh, yeah. be- because, you know, as, as you said, you've they, they've come in here because of other people that have you know talked about us. Well, this is obviously not the first time uh, that they've heard about the John Birch Society more than likely. Um, so what are their other, you know, filters that, that, that they apply to this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, all I've asked throughout the years as, as, you know, as PR managers, just give us a fair shake. Yeah. You know? And, um,
1: I think this is as fair for them that, that they can give and not, not necessarily <laughs> to defend them.
7: Yeah. But you know, even, and isn't that sad to say because you know, when, when, again, when I first came, I mean, you know, Getting good publicity, was, you know, is is the goal, right? And then when when these things start to come out, uh, you know, some of the veteran staff they're like, eh, could have been worse." Yeah, <laughs> you know, right? We've and, seen worse. And now me and you are there, and we have some yeah. newer
1: folks, and they're like, "Why do we allow this propaganda?" And it's like, I think what people re- need to realize is that this attack from the media and the uh, and and the narrative that has been created. It's something that has been happening now for generations of reporters. Uh, you know, we, me, and you, since we've had the same position in the, that comms office, we've we've read through a lot of the literature, we've read through a lot of Robert Welch's uh, uh, bulletins and things like that. So we know that that they they came at us. I think the first time is they came at us hard is in 1961, and it's never really yeah. let up. We've never really gotten a fair shot, but uh, you know that that's what it is. But I am glad that they realize that we are the original Red Pillars because we are. You know, you talk to... Uh, you know, I've seen Alex Jones admit, you know, of how he grew up on TNA and and other and other JBS materials. And there's other others who won't even necessarily admit that they're reading. We know from our from our internal notes that there's others out there. They're reading the New American. They're yes. reading our, our our bookazines and whatnot. And they're yeah. watching because they know that we are a credible, reliable source for what is truly happening.
7: Well, this is this is a testament again to all the hard working members throughout the years that uh, that are still here. Uh, some that have that have gone already. Yeah. Um, but they do their job behind the scenes quietly. You know, we're not necessarily one to, to seek the limelight, uh, to seek that publicity. Uh, mm-hmm. you, know, we're, you know, we heard, you know, Christian and Gary talked before about, uh, you know, the truth doesn't need a, a lot of money behind it, you know, and, and, and granted, uh, that's what we, that's what we expose. You know, we expose the truth, we expose the plans of the conspiracy uh, that are out there. Uh, this is not stuff that we've made up, you know. Nor, nor is it stuff that, that 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 we've looked at and and thought, well, gee whiz, uh, are we sure about this? Right, you know.
1: I, and, and that's the thing is because I actually followed up with the reporter because, and this is my was my main gripe with him, and it, it's always my gripe with these folks is they appro- they approach these articles with this, assum- this assumption that they're wrong. But I was like, how come during our conversation we pointed to exterior sources? who do back up what we say. We pointed to Carol Quigley and his yep. Tragedy and Hope, Dr. Anthony Sutton, and I think there were a few others here because these people had nothing to do with the John Birch Society, yet they did a, they did in-depth research showing that there is a plan there is a conspiracy for a global government that there is one for depopulation i sent them the the kissinger report um, the club of rome report it's like this isn't stuff we make up and then you know we speculate yeah. and then we keep it in our bubble and we feed it this is really backed up stuff and it's far more supported than what they say
7: exactly true. yeah and and we don't we don't cherry pick i mean we don't have the you know the narrative in front of us and then go out and trying to find you know evidence that that supports it i mean Mr. Welch had, uh, you know, studied this for a number of years before he started the Birch Society. Yeah,
1: he wanted to retire.
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and he, you know, he did retire from you know candy manufacturing and then got into, you yeah, know, the search for the truth for you know what was going on as far as the communist conspiracy back then. And you know, I mean, if you want a good overview, you know, of that, obviously the New American, you know, covers it. But uh, Foreign Affairs, the publication of the Council on Foreign Relations. I uh, had a, um, an article called The Hard Road to World Order mm-hmm. uh, by Richard Gardner, April 1974, and that lays out, um, you know, a, a pretty decent uh, explanation of, of, you know, the, the new world order. Yeah. And it, it, you will find that throughout the years. And it, again, it's not a term that we've come up with, but the other side. Yeah. So we say go to JBS.org. Join us in our epic undertaking. Absolutely. And thank you, members. Thank you, members and supporters for all the work you've put out through the years. And thank
1: you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the New American Daily. We're here Monday through Friday, every day. Remember to visit the newamerican.com for more truth behind the news.